And that sound means it's essential dynamics time. Welcome to the podcast that examines the dynamics that are essential to understanding how we progress. I've learned a lot from my friend, Derek Hudson, who has come up with this philosophy or this perspective anyway. Derek, are you on the line? Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me, Reed? Oh, there you are. Uh, Sprint is working today. Good. I'm, I'm pleased that you're, you're with us. Tell me, Derek, we've, uh, over the last, oh, I don't know how many episodes we're on now, 40-some episodes we've done together uh, of Essential Dynamics. I think we're, we're amassing a lot in our storage closet that seems very, uh, very interesting. And I want to come back and unpack a few things. Do you mind if we do that today? Uh, that would be great. There's like so much in my head and I have notes everywhere that aren't all connected yet. Oh, good. We want to empty your head. No question. So, uh, so Derek, what do you, looking back on these, uh, I don't want to get too nostalgic, but looking back on these, uh, wonderful hours that we've spent together, uh, what have you learned about essential dynamics? Hey, Reed, great question because, you know, to be clear, essential dynamics is a way of learning things. <clears throat> it's not, it's not the answer. It's, it's an avenue to, uh, you know, some questions to ask. And so what I've learned is that um, the quest is just an inherent part of the human experience. Um, sometimes we talk about, you know, story, but there's no story that isn't, you know, a quest. And so there's all kinds of stuff you can talk about with respect to an organization, a society problem, or a person that, you know, that has a story around it. And the story always has to deal with the fact that it's harder to get the thing done that than we want. Is that, uh, does that apply to everything? Well, the things that are easy to get done, we just do. And then there's no story. Um, I, I don't struggle to have enough to eat. Mm -hmm. um, there's not much of a story in, you know, getting nutrition in my body. I understand. Um, but there's all kinds of really cool stuff. Stories of survival, I've read where that, you know. That is the case, of course. That's, that's a factor. Yeah. And have you ever been on, yeah, our engineer, for instance, Bryn Griffiths has uh, lost his stomach. And I hope he finds it someplace because I that know he just displaced it. That doesn't mean he threw up because something was gross. I mean, no, no. Lost his stomach. Like Bryn, lost you, my stomach. Do you want me to explain yeah. that? Quickly? Yeah, explain that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I was uh, I was diagnosed with, uh, I believe it's stage four stomach cancer, which isn't usually a very good, a good prognosis with that one. However, the option for me was to uh, get rid of the tumor. They took the entire stomach out. So, and then they attached the esophagus to the small intestines. They just kind of pull it together, stitch it up. And so I've, I've learned how to eat differently, but we all find a way to get the nutrition it's just that we all go about it in different ways. And for me, it's been a bit of a struggle, but I'm now dealing with it. And it's a lot easier for me now to get the nourishment and the calories I need. You guys may be looking to cut calories. I'm looking to load up. So everybody, everybody sees life a lot differently. And uh, we still all get the job done. At least I'd like to think that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in our jargon of essential dynamics, what Derek has helped us understand is that what looking at your constraints, Bryn, like losing a stomach to me is a big deal. And you have been a hero of mine because you just accept it and have moved on and continue to survive. Uh, I have not heard any complaints from you. I'm, I don't know what it, what it entails. I'm sure there are complaints and I, and I'm sure there are adjustments that, you know, for instance, I would not be willing to make. Well, well, let me say that being part of what you guys are doing here with your podcast has been great for me just to sit back and listen. Right. So I've, I've believed, and when you go through something this dramatic and it, it, you know, to lose your stomach and almost your life, because it's an eight and a half hour surgery to have it done. And I had some complications and there were a couple of nights where we weren't sure if I was going to make it through, but yet here we are. But the two things that I've really started to uh, take a good look at here in the last almost two years is there's two words that now control my life. And that is simplify and focus. So what I'm doing is I take my life and I'm trying to simplify it as much as I possibly can. And then it's important for me to focus. And I guess if I was going to try to describe it in a different manner, it's I compartmentize the things in my life. And by doing that, it allows for less life clutter. And I see a lot of that in what you guys are talking about. And when you guys are talking with all the guests we've had on, it's just, it's been fabulous for me. I've really enjoyed every minute of it because it kind of it, it does sync up with my messaging that, I, that I'm trying to tell myself as I as I go through this. It just syncs up beautifully. Yeah. Hey, Reed, can I try something? Please uh, do. You, know, you said, you know, what have I learned? Um, so I think the essential dynamics framework, people, path, and purpose, opposing forces. There's a quest. The opposing forces on the purpose side, we can talk about purpose X and purpose Y. You know, we have to we have to achieve, you know, sort of these uh, uh, maybe potentially conflicting objectives, drivers and constraints on the path side, and then the needs of the individual and needs of the group on on the um, people side. That's that's holding up, and that that gives us a context where we can have all kinds of great conversations, but. I'm wondering if there's some missing pieces. And so I'm, I'm going to throw some other words out there and this, maybe you guys can see if they, if they fit the model, I don't want to complicate the model because the model is nice. And like Bryn said, I'm looking for simplicity and clarity. Um, it's important in our own lives, certainly important in organizations. So here's a concept. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but Andy, Andy Mattis Chuck uh, has a website where he's got a bit of a, of a wiki of his thinking and he calls it working with the garage door up. Ah, love it. And so essential dynamics is this, you know, process of discovery. So essential dynamics is those things. And one of the things I was asking myself is, well, what are the principles or what are the assumptions that kind of have to be valid for essential dynamics to be relevant? And um, I don't, I, I want to think through this. I don't know if I want to like pile them all on the model and, so now it's, there's a fold out and, you know, all this, all this stuff, but here's some principles and, and I might not even get through all of them in this conversation, but just toss them out. So the first principle um, that I'm thinking that might be relevant is the idea of agency um, that we can, you know, we can make choices that we're responsible for the choices that we make. 
Um, if you go to the seven habits of highly effective people, it's habit number one, be proactive. Work in your circle of influence. And, you know, we heard Kristen Cox, um, you know, talk about that too. Like her work is to kind of clear things out so you can look at the things that you can have an impact on and focus on those. So is that uh, relevant, necessary? Is it so obvious you don't need to talk about it? What do you guys think? Well, I don't think it's obvious. I, one thing I have learned in all this, uh, in all our efforts and, and interviews uh, with great people, I, I have noticed a theme among, well, uh, was it Alex, Alex Clark and uh, Katie Burgess? Remember Katie Burgess? Uh, yeah. I, and, and, uh, and other people we talked to, Jeff Tetz. All, these are people who have as well as, as uh, Christian, what you just mentioned, these are people who have positive attitudes about their lives and are able to embrace change in a way that, uh, that can affect it. Uh, it sort of, it sort of happens naturally that they're going to influence people because of their, their self-confidence. I, I see a lot of leadership qualities in these people because I, as a, as a, a callow sheep, wants to follow them. And, uh, and so I find, I find inertia, which we've touched on in other episodes, to be a real constraint in that I don't want to get out of my apartment because I know I can survive here. So, so um, mm-hmm. wow, that's, that's really interesting. So yep. Stephen Covey said... Um, you work in your circle of concern, um, not, uh, no, sorry, pardon me. You work in your circle of influence. That's it. If I may have said it wrong earlier. You work in your circle of influence, the things that you can have an impact on. Um, it gets bigger. Your capacity to influence the world gets bigger when you work on the things that make, you know, that make an impact that you can choose. One of the things yeah. I'm wondering about. Expands. Yeah. I'm, one of the things I'm wondering about with, um, social media, um, this, this idea, you know, identity politics, um, you know, talk, talk about, you know, the, the hardships that people face in the context of being a victim um, that doesn't help people because, you know, all of us are, have challenges. And when we work on stuff that we can have an impact on, you know, our capacity grows and we can't fix the world. Right. So if you're trying to fix the world, um, I really like um, Jordan Peterson's comment to uh, angry young men to clean up your room. You know, don't go protest and chain yourself to something. Clean up your room, get a job, you know, be the master of yourself. And then, you know, you can have an impact on the world. So I do think agency or be proactive is an assumption that should get called out explicitly. Uh, because it's, there's a real risk that we're going to put our energy into, you know, writing our congressman. I guess none of us have one, but, you know, and, you know, chain ourselves to tree and trying to get the world to change when the real work is uh, just in our own, in our own minds, in our own hearts. Well, our own homes. You know, I always remember something my dad once told me when I was a kid. And he said to me, he looked me right in the eye and he said, you're not going out dressed like that, are you? 
No, anyway, it's got nothing to do with this whatsoever. But anyway, I just thought I would throw that in. Uh, the yeah. the one thing for me, though, Derek, I'll never was forget. I'll it never was forget plaid it. pants, though, Brent. Yeah. I remember. Yes, it was. The, uh, the the one thing that I've taken out of all of the the episodes that you guys have done, and it boils down to what's important to me. As I said, simplify, simplify, and focus. All these people. There's so much stuff going on in the world here, and these people have got it together because they've been able to simplify their messaging to themselves first before they go out and push it on others. And I, I, I've enjoyed that. That's been, that's been huge for me, Derek. Awesome. Can I go on? Like we could go on this one forever, but uh, there's a few more I want to try in no, the time go. that we have. Yeah. Um, uh, so another one is um, I'm going to call it natural laws. Um that we work in natural systems. The systems have limited resources. There's uncertainty, there's opposition, and then there's natural consequences. And maybe that's packing too much in one concept. Um, but if you think about it, we, a lot of, a lot of stuff you read these days, people are complaining about stuff that's just, you know, it's subject to natural law. You know, hey, explain that more. Give me an example. I'm, I'm having trouble following. But, well, for example, um, the idea that, um, you know, the way to fight poverty is to give people more money. When the way to fight poverty is, is to help people create value. You know, if people create value, there's value to share. If all we start doing is, you know, paying people to exist... And I don't mean that I'm not opposed to, to welfare for people who need it, but ultimately the system has to create value. And if the system doesn't create value, it can't grow. And if we're just moving stuff around, um, you know, we're messing with natural laws. Like, you know, that's not how you create abundance is by moving it around. You create abundance by creating value. Um, or this idea that we want um, the COVID modeling we want the calculation so we know what's going to happen so we know what to do. You know, the government's hiding the modeling. Well, I've done financial models my whole professional life. They're not worth the spreadsheet cells they take up because we don't know what's going to happen. And so we, we fight against uncertainty when the natural course of action is, is we don't know what's going to happen. You know, and there are consequences. Well, shouldn't we plan for uncertainty to a degree? Shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, I, I get frustrated when uh, I hear politicians say, well, in the, in the United States, for instance, when, they, when it's hurricane season, nobody could have foreseen this. We could not have seen the devastation, but it happens every year. Well, you know, and where I got that when COVID hit was um, you try and get any service and you call it up. And this is what you hear. This is what I hear. It's not what they say. It was what I hear. As anticipated, call volumes are higher than anticipated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes, but we, we, we tend to, we tend not to uh, uh, plan for inevitable. Well, I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer, but as you say, as we said throughout this throughout this process of this podcast, uh, constraints are going to happen. We don't have to look for them. We don't have to have to create them. They're going yeah. to create themselves. Yeah. So we have limited resources. There's opposing for forces. There's uncertainty, and then everything we do, every choice we make has consequences. So that's what I'm calling natural laws and 
something in there tells me once in a while we need to remind ourselves, you know, that that's where we are. It reminds me of a canoe trip that I went on years ago. Um, and I wish I, I got to dig these words out, but the guide, he was training us to be guides for a scout trip. And he gets, was I with you, Derek? Was I with you on that canoe trip? Canoe trip? Uh, yeah, but, but you fell out and we never got you back. So ah, I, I do remember yeah. that one now. Yeah. Um, anyway, he said the river is three things and I, they started with R and the only one I remember is relentless. Wow. Uh, okay. Right. So, so nature is relentless and you know, we could wish it wasn't, but the hurricane is going to be relentless. Gravity is relentless. Viruses are relentless. You know, it's a, it's a, cold dark word world that we live in um and we're, we're we don't use our time well if we're complaining about the natural consequences or the natural risks or uncertainty of life so that's one of my principles well, time, i'm thinking like put, yeah time, time is limited yeah time is relentless too yeah it's time is you know extremely relentless um no. so let me qualify that with another principle which i'm not sure um, like these are like kind of like physics. This is given. This is the yeah, way yeah, yeah. the world is. We we can act, but we live in this environment where it's, you know, relentless forces. On the other hand, there's a principle that I'm trying to understand where it might fit. And that is uh, the principle of uh, abundance or abundance. optimism. Um, Stephen Covey talked about the m- abundance mentality. Um, I got this great quote. I had to dig it out. Um, and it's, uh, it's Sam, Sam Gamgee in Lord of the Rings, where he says, um, that there's, uh, the people, um, fought because there was, there was something worth fighting for. You know, the people in the great tales, they never gave up because there was something worth fighting for. Um, or even just, you know, I mean, Jeff Tetz, you talked about him. He just said, you know, everybody has potential, untapped potential. Uh, so I wonder if that's a principle. Like, why would we bother with a mental framework? Why would we bother with trying to improve systems if we didn't think we could improve them? Um, what do you find missing then? What What do you find in essential dynamics that is not describing this? Or, or is it failing to describe? Well, well, I'm kind of thinking that essential dynamics should be kind of neutral, um, and then you can lay values on top of it, but I'm not really sure about that. Like, hmm. um, for example, I've said that the purpose needs to always be about improving people's lives. Like there's no, there's no other, you know, as human beings, there's no other purpose that ultimately, had, you know, maybe improving one person's life or society or some, uh, you know, the people that buy You're your product. You're onto something there, Derek. Now, all the people we've talked to, who have been effective in their lives have had an attitude. It's been a, it's been uh, they have some sort of confidence. I'm not sure how to define it yet either, but look at Bryn. Bryn's had these enormous challenges, health challenges, and has come back to uh, work here with us, which is probably his career highlight. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Has the check cleared? I just wanted to double check. (laughs) <laughs> but I, 
I'm saying everybody we've talked to and things that we admire, we're naturally drawn to are people who are able to uh, take the constraints, the constraints and take the, take the, uh, the difficulties, the opposition in stride. And, and I don't, one thing we've been missing to seeing in all of these interviews with people with, with uh, all their disabilities or their challenges, whatever there had been. Yeah. I have missed sadness. Now the sadness had to have occurred. I'm sure for Bryn it occurred, but I have never heard him utter something in the present tense about but, sadness. But that's because, and I can't speak for everybody else we've talked to that have had challenges. I use that to feed my fire. And I tend to be a positive kind of guy for the most part. I've always been like that. So when something bad goes wrong, I use that and the network of people that I associate with who are an unbelievable support network. Those right. are, those are, I guess those are kindling for my fire. And then when you add what we have been talking about now for, I don't know what, 40 plus episodes where I can take a little more kindling off of listening to you guys and your guests. And I use it to continue to feed my fire. That's what it's all about for me. But, but Derek, I'm not sure we're going to ever get a lot of these questions fully answered because the moment we start answering these questions, we're going to have a few more, but I kind of find that that's exciting to me. Well, yeah, you know, yeah it really is. Hey, Reed, going back to sadness, I'm just thinking of uh, two comments that we had in previous episodes. One was Mackenzie Brown, where she said, you just kind of have to sit with it. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta, yeah. And we were talking about residential schools and, you know, you gotta, you gotta feel that and you gotta sit with it. Um, yeah. And then you move forward. Just don't bounce through it. And then, no, um, no. or ignore it either. You don't yeah. ignore it either. Yeah. Especially and then, her, she was and, very effect, effective about yeah. that. And then Katie Burgess, super positive person. Um, when she talked about her injury, she used the word grief. And she said, yeah. you know, sometimes I just have to stop and grieve that I can't walk. And then I keep going. Yeah. Um, and then we well, talked more generally about this idea of opposition. Um, and we like the concept because it makes for a good story, but the reality right. is it, it hurts to hurt. To hurt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this yeah, is it's hard. I, I have to jump in because this is what I do here is that we're going to be always asking great questions here. The problem we have now is, we don't have enough time to do that because we have more guests coming up. <laughs> oh, that's right. We do. So Bryn, just, uh, well, we'll talk again because we'll, talk oh, yeah. again. we'll, we'll, this is this, this self analysis of what we're doing. Uh, and this reflection on, I, on our, what we've learned is as important as the quest itself for me. Uh, I think it is the quest. I, uh, for me, I am, I'm learning so much about myself because we are asking these questions. All you have to do is yell. Awesome. I'm, I'm listening to the show when I'm not on it. Hey, yeah. so thanks guys for letting me uh, yak out loud for a few minutes. No, I've enjoyed hey. that. That was great. And thanks for having me on. Hey, well, for Bryn Griffiths in the studio, thank you, Bryn. Derek, where can people find you if they, uh, they want to get a hold of you? Just come on down to DerekHudson.ca and let me know what uh, what questions you have. 
I think that would be great. Bryn, do you have an, uh, a website people can, can visit? Best way to track me down is Bryn, B-R-Y-N, at road55.ca. That's, my, that's the best email address to get me at. And, uh, and then the other one is I'm on Twitter, which is at Bryn Mighty Mouth. So those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Thank you, Bryn. And of course, I'm Reed McCollum. And if you need to get in touch with me, my number is 1-800-I'm-Lonely. That's what uh, I had written down here. Yeah, it is. Gotcha. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Well, that this has been a great talk. Let's talk more uh, and always be thinking about it. And uh, for Derek Hudson, our guru, if you will, and Bryn Griffiths, our engineer in the studio, I'm Reed McCollum reminding you to consider your quest. Mm-hmm.